Is that spelled W-E-E-K or W-E-A-K? All right. Well, we'll, we're glad to see each one of you here tonight. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get into our Bible study. Father in heaven, thank you for the day and the week that you've given us thus far. We pray, Lord, for your blessings as we continue to seek to serve you and honor you with our lives. We pray, Lord, for wisdom, strength. Uh, We pray, Lord, for our time in the Word tonight, that it will be a blessing to us as well. Encourage our hearts in the area of living by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, continuing living by faith, we're in Hebrews chapter 11, and we're just going to look at one verse tonight, verse 22, Hebrews 11, verse 22, by faith Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. Now, you might just think we're talking about the vision of faith, the vision of faith. Uh, think about uh, crossing a road, crossing the street without sight. Um, now, your chances here in Spooner are pretty good, but go to the cities or someplace like that and you might uh, not have uh, too good a, a chance there to get across safely. But vision is important. You know, we have our eyes checked, we have uh, surgeries, cataract surgeries, and different things uh, to keep our vision. We wear glasses. Not being able to see hinders us, hinders us tremendously. Well, when talking about vision spiritually, what about your spiritual life? Can you see clearly into your future? I know we can't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We can't see what's going to happen next week, next month. Uh, But there should be an ability, the opportunity to look into our future and see what the Lord has for us. What do you see? Uh, what do you see for the future of our country? You know, it looks kind of dismal sometimes. Uh, what about your family? What about your life? Uh, looking 50 years down the road, well, some of us can't look that far because we probably won't be here in 50 years. Uh, some of us didn't think we'd get this far, but uh, it may be more like 3 or 5 or 10 maybe 15, but in Hebrews chapter 11, we're told that through faith, Joseph was able to look into the future and see Israel's departure from the land of Egypt. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of departing of the children of Israel, leaving Egypt. He looked forward to when Israel would be leaving Egypt. Now, even in Joseph's day, which was 430 years before the Exodus, we find Joseph realized the need of the people to leave Egypt. 
In Genesis 50, verse 22, it says, And Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's house, and Joseph lived 110 years. And Joseph saw Ephraim's children of the third generation, the children also of Maker, the son of Manasseh, were brought up upon Joseph's knees. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land into the land which I, he sware to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones from hence. So Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was in a coffin in Egypt. Now, that's an amazing vision that Joseph was relating to his family. And we see uh, in Scripture quite often that Egypt is a type of the world, except for a very few exceptions. Anytime someone went down into Egypt, they did so at a sacrifice of obedience to God and his watch care on their lives. Abraham went there during the famine. Isaac, during a famine. And in this case, there was a need. God was using Egypt to protect Jacob and his family, but Joseph's vision was that they would not stay there. And we need to understand that America, our families, our churches, need to regain their vision to depart from Egypt, the world in a sense. How does our country regain its spiritual splendor? What's the vision that God desires for us to have concerning our nation? A nation's only hope is to come back to the Lord. Psalm 33 verse 12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. And so we as Christians must choose to serve the Lord, with our lives. And God has given us the instructions for adjusting our focus uh, in our lives back to him as we seek to have a godly vision for our lives. So notice now the vision of faith for your personal future. For your personal future. Nothing will happen in our country, until God's people determine to personally submit to the Lord. So how do we develop a solid vision of faith for our personal future? Well, we need to learn to love God supremely. There's nothing wrong with loving things other than God in our life. We need to love our spouses. We need to love our children. We need to love our neighbors. The problem is that we love other things. And the question is, is that we, uh, do we love them more than the Lord? Mark 12:30 says, "And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength." This is the first commandment. Now, from my best estimation, Ten times a variation of this verse that Jesus quoted here appears in the Old Testament. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now, 
when we have something important to say, many times we repeat it. We repeat it. <laughs> and uh, that's what God does. He's got something important to say. He'll say it more than once. Four more times the same command is repeated in the New Testament. Fourteen times God's word says, Love the Lord your God. This is the first and great commandment. And so we need to learn to love God supremely. Secondly, learn to grow in Christ steadily. You know, we live in a world that's ravished by sin, and the ravage of sin affects everything. Everything uh, by nature is tending towards decay. We have in science the laws of thermodynamics. In a few, in a few words, the second law of thermodynamics says spontaneous natural processes increase overall entropy. You got that? You remember that, don't you, when you took science class in, in school? In other words, the natural process for life is that it decays. We'll go, we can go out there and look at your cars and see if we can start finding the rust. Okay? Because that's what happens. Uh, that's what happens with our bodies. Uh, we get older and we can't do the things we used to do because the bones, the muscles, and everything starts to, to wear out. That's a part of life. But we are commanded to grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 3.18 But grow in grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Even though everything else is decaying, our spiritual life should be getting better and better. Not decaying the older we get. Now growth requires... Two necessary ingredients. Both of them are necessary. Time and nourishment. We take time to feed ourselves physically, but we need to take time to feed ourselves spiritually so we can grow up in Christ. Uh, the Word of God is a healthy choice for a growing believer. And we need to lay aside the junk food and digest God's holy word in order to grow. 1 Peter chapter 2. Wherefore, laying aside, and we're just having a glitch here, but uh, we'll get there. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So growth requires vision, and vision requires growth. Now, what are some of the indicators that you're growing spiritually? How can you measure this, or how can you know if you're growing spiritually? Well, here's a partial list. We're growing spiritually when we're increasing aware. Uh, uh, increasingly aware of our sins and weaknesses. Our response to sin is quick and followed by genuine repentance. Our spiritual battles are growing fiercer, and yet we still rejoice. 
We see trials and temptations as opportunities for growth. We view service for God as a high honor to which we are faithful. And we view everything that comes our way as being filtered by God. We sense our faith is growing stronger. I said that's a partial list, but here's the rest of the list. We're long-suffering and gentle, not angry and harsh. We're grateful, and you communicate thankfulness. Our desire is to obey and become more intense and uh, and less uh, sin is less attractive. We seek to win souls to Christ. Uh, we're eager to share with others what Christ is doing in our lives. We're experiencing an increasing awareness of his presence. We jealously guard our private time of prayer and Bible reading. We prefer to spend more time with him above all others. You see, if you have these things taking place in your life, uh, you're growing spiritually. So we need to learn to love God supremely. Uh, we need to learn to grow in Christ steadily. And then we need to learn to serve the Lord solely. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 says, Wherefore we, receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Romans 7 and verse 6, But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit, and not in the oldness of the letter. You know, the devil never stops trying to uh, in, uh, interrupt our service for God. He's always vying for uh, our attention. But a believer with personal vision of faith has decided to serve Jesus and him alone. When uh, Queen Elizabeth had an official birthday some years back, she conferred honors to a number of her subjects, and one was a 60-year-old postman in northern Wales, a fellow with unroyal name of Jones. And because Jones, who came from a family delivering Welsh mail from, for 150 years, and he had not missed a day of service in 43 years, and he got the mail through despite snow and storm and floods, the queen bestowed the British Empire Empire Medal upon him, expressing the gratitude of the nation. Now, if an earthly majesty would bestow such a honor on a man for faithfulness to a simple task of delivering the mail, don't you think the majesty of heaven would be even more diligent to make certain uh, each of his subjects receives a proper and gracious award for faithful service? Of course he will. And this uh, review will be according to quality, not necessarily quantity. It will not be how much, but what kind. And the key to building your personal life's vision of faith is to love, to grow, and to serve. Secondly, the vision of faith for your family's future. Homes are the basis of our nation. Therefore, if God or our nation is to be godly, our homes must be godly. Let me give you two key steps for building a vision for the future of your family. First, develop a spiritual environment. 
I think we're familiar with Deuteronomy chapter 6, where it talks about putting the, the Lord's commandments before our children and our family, uh, having them on the doorpost and so forth, and, and teaching and instructing. We talked about that in our last study. But it's clear that the Lord Jesus desires our homes to be spiritual, be a, have a spiritual environment filled with the word and, and with godliness. First of all, it's the mother's responsibility. Proverbs 31, 27 says, She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou ex excellest them all. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. And then it's the father's responsibility. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So what is the environment of your home? What is the culture? What is the content and we need to understand the environment in which we raise our children is not conditioned on our country or our city or our neighborhood or the time in which we live. The environment in which our children are raised is the environment in our home. Is it a permissive environment? Do you do what you want? No rules, no consequences. Or is it argumentative? A 30-minute argument in order to do anything? Or is it authoritative? Lots of rules but no relationship. Is it an absent environment where parents don't pay attention or not around very much? How about a spiritual environment? Seeking God's word, love, even, yes, some rules that go along with the relationship where godliness is the focus. 1 Timothy 6, 6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. God, the truth is that all sinful behavior destroys our lives and damages our faith in God. It's a heavy weight that pulls us uh, under the waves of life. So in order to develop and maintain a healthy vision of faith for our families, we must develop a spiritual environment, but we must delete the sinful behavior. You know, the Bible speaks of putting off or putting away sinful behaviors. Uh, Ephesians 4, 22, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. The word corrupt there means to shrivel or wither, wither to spoil, to ruin, to defile or destroy. Ephesians 4, 24 and 25, and, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Uh, Colossians 3, 8 and 9. But now ye also put off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. So if we're going to have a home with a clear vision of faith, we must determine to eliminate the sinful endeavors in our home. We must put the works of Christ and the works of the uh, uh, put on the works of Christ and put off the works of the flesh. 
So what is the standard? Where do we draw the line? How do we know what is sin? Well, remember, the Bible is our key. The Bible is our guide to wisdom. Psalm 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So many lives are falling to pieces because people fail to deliver a vision of faith for your family's future and then a vision of faith for your church's future. While we're building a vision of faith for ourselves and our family, don't forget to include a vision of faith for your involvement in your, in your church. Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. So how do we have a vision for our church? Well, we experience Jesus as a Savior. In other words, we're thankful for what Jesus did for us. He died for us. The first step of involvement in a church is to know Christ as your Savior. 1 John 5, 12 says, He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of, of God hath not life. These things I write unto you, that ye believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And then... Expand your involvement through joining. Not joining is like not getting, or uh, not joining is like not getting married. You know, two people uh, live together, but there there's no commitment there. That's kind of what what I like in uh, not joining your church would be through giving. Uh, not giving is freeloading. Not uh, through serving, not serving is selfishness. Through praying, not praying is not depending on God. And even through soul winning, not soul winning is not fulfilling the purpose that we have. So we have, we need this vision of faith for our personal future, for our family's future, for our church's future. Proverbs 29, verse 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Vision is important. It's vital for our faith. And I trust this is our desire, as even Joseph had this vision uh, concerning his life and the life of his people. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your word tonight. We pray that you'll bless it to our hearts, even as we have taken some time to look into it. We pray, Lord, for uh, a vision of faith personally for our families and for our church. And we pray, Lord, as we look to you each and every day, that we'll grow and we'll become more Christ-like in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.